Welcome back to Bible Love. And this summer, we are talking to folks who create resources and formation um, uh, activities and and for the church and help us um, dive more deeply into scripture, into our spiritual life. We'll get to today's guest in a minute. But first, the prayer we've been praying this summer. Let us pray. Almighty God, you proclaim your truth in every age by many voices. Direct in our time, we pray, those who speak where many listen and write what many read, that they may do their part in making the heart of this people wise, its mind sound, and its will righteous, to the honor of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, today, Kayla Craig is joining us. Kayla, I'm so glad you're here. Kayla is a writer, a mother, um, but one of the reasons we really wanted her to join us today is she's a storyteller, and she has two things that you need to know about, but we might even learn more about her for sure. But one is her beautiful, beautiful book, um, to light their way, a collection of prayers and liturgy for liturgies for parents, and she also runs the very popular Instagram account that all of my friends share all the time, liturgy for parents. And Kayla, we're just so grateful you're here. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, Kayla, what we've been doing this summer, and I hope you'll. Um, kind of think about this with us is asking all our guests, like, tell us a little bit about your background, but also like how God called you into this particular ministry that you are doing. Would you share? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. Well, as you mentioned, um, I'm a mom of four kids and they really span the developmental ages and stages. And they're all, you know, we all say our kids are unique, but we have a lot of different layers in our family. Some of our kids joined us through adoption. Some of our kids have different disabilities. Um, And I realized that sometimes I wanted to pray for them and I just didn't have the right words. I didn't really have any words and, and, you know, like the spirit intercedes and the wordless groans and that's okay. But there are moments where I wanted to borrow the words of another. Uh, I didn't know how to pray or what to pray. And in those moments, I feel like the prayers of another kind of sustained me. And I had a particular moment when our daughter, Eliza, who is three, um, had a respiratory infection that got very serious and led to her being on life support uh, in the PICU and the intensive care unit. And I, you know, my husband is in ministry and I just didn't have any more words to pray on my own. And in that kind of thin space in that liminal space with her, I got a small book of prayers and they were accessible and they felt honest and true. And when I didn't have any words to pray, I could borrow somebody else's. So there was a, you know, a long story that I've written around a little bit into light their way, but by the grace of God, Eliza did um, get better and is still with us today. But I realized going into 2020, 
that writing prayers was an act of worship for me. And I thought, well, I'm a writer. Maybe I can share these prayers with somebody else and they'll connect. Maybe they'll give other parents words um, because we're exhausted and we're tired and we don't often have words of our own. And I thought, wow, it's been a hard few years, 2016, you know, going on. I had no idea what 2020 was about to bring all of us, the trauma that we were all about to walk through with a global pandemic, with a reckoning of systemic racism in our country. There was so much coming down the pipeline. And here I am, you know, typing away and writing in my journal, like things have been really hard. And here's some words that I've found comforting. um, And maybe they'll makes sense to you. Um, And then as I started writing on liturgies for parents on Instagram, it was like a way to process in real time and connect with other parents in real time um, through prayer, you know, and this is a way that, you know, it's like the shared liturgy that was connecting so many of us in so many different situations um, and experiences and faith journeys and denominations and backgrounds. And it just became this kind of ecumenical spirit where it's like, we're awake to what's happening in our world. We're awake to the struggles in our own families that, um, you know, maybe are not the same, but there's something about, we're going to pray through this together. I love it. Amazing. (laughs) And I mean, it really has taken off, right? I mean, it led you to write this book, you know, all of those things. Talk about that. I mean, did you ever have that expectation of like all these people? And I love it's very ecumenical. And I really appreciate that about you, Kayla, because sometimes our Episcopalian little selves over here, we can kind of get into what we, our own stuff. And I think it works for anybody that's a follower of, of God. Yeah. Well, I am just so grateful for the many kind of experiences and traditions that have shaped and formed me spiritually. And so it's like, goodness, I have my Catholic friends who it's like, I need your big Catholic prayer energy right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and I text mm-hmm. my friend uh, about that. But, you know, then I have like Pentecostal friends. I'm not Pentecostal, but like, wow, they're really moved by the spirit. Right. And so it's like all of these traditions converging into this beautiful body of Christ. And there may be things that we don't agree on, but there is this deeply uniting factor and like this, this humanness of like, when we don't know what to do, maybe we can just offer our prayer together and be united in that. Um, So my background's in journalism and I've been a writer for a long time, but I never thought my, you know, I always dreamed about writing a book. I never thought my first book would be a book of, you know, prayers or modern liturgies um, to kind of share. But I really am deeply moved by the parents that started reaching out to me or the church communities that started reaching out to me saying, could you write a prayer about this? Or this is my story. And, and what would it look like to create a prayer for other people walking through this particular thing? Um, So, you know, sometimes I just write prayers inspired by the liturgical year. Right. And I feel like that is something that's so deeply important in my life and in my family's life. But sometimes, you know, people reached out to me about struggling with things that I hadn't walked through. Maybe be um, a child that's older than mine that is is going through a struggle or infertility or so many different things. And so I feel like I was able to bring a little bit of my journalism background in and really enter into that sacred listening and curiosity and then ask God to help me be able to give words to um, a situation when sometimes there just are no words that we can muster on our own. So I feel like 
you know, the book is really outpouring of so many people's experiences um, and stories. And I feel really honored. Um, and I hope that it's an offering to so many different people. Yeah, well, it is to me for sure. And Alan, I was wondering what you think about this. So in the Episcopal Church, the last time the Book of Common Prayer was like officially updated, Alan, I don't think Alan was born. I maybe was like one or two. Sometimes we get like kind of caught in this language that's not really right for 2023. Do you ever feel that way, Alan? I'm just, just curious. And so you're bringing in this in, Kayla, I think makes a difference. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, Kayla, said, you know, you didn't have words when you were confronted with, you know, illness in your kids or whatever it is. And fortunately, like there are other smart people. You are now among those smart people who have put words to the human experience. Right. Mm -hmm. Because when we get smacked in the face, we don't have the words necessarily. Our prayer book was written in the 70s. And so it talks about some things that and it, you know. It's wonderful, and there's a lot of prayers that cover a lot of things, but I draw on your book. I draw on Every Moment Holy. I draw, like, all these other kind of modern liturgical resources um, from different countries, from different denominations, from different traditions, right? Like, you know, there's only so much that, like, the waspiest of waspy prayers, which is what the Book of Common Prayer is, like, they can address, right? Like, you have um, a disabled child, right? And so there's actually some prayers in the Book of Common Prayer that I think are are somewhat offensive maybe for folks who um, think, look, or act differently um, than, than the expected, right? And so how do we um, more appropriately address the variety of the way kids operate in the world? I have a kid with autism, right? So how do we you know, wrestle with that and pray for that because healing that, right? Like my kid is my kid healing for him. Isn't what maybe the world might think healing is mm -hmm. right. Um, and you're able to put words to that. And so as a, as a priest who people walk into my office and I never really know what I'm going to have to pray for, I have mm -hmm. resources um, or at least, you know, a backlog of things that I've seen that can help form what I can say to folks. Yes, such a gift. I totally agree in what you're doing. So you talked about this just a little bit, but I'd be curious. Um, what is your writing time like, especially as a mom of four? Like, you know, when someone calls you and is like, I'm really struggling with infertility and you want to go spend time with God and write that. Like, how, how do you do that? You know, I think it's just almost this like, how we have to shift our understanding of what prayer is sometimes based on our life. You know, we might not get to kind of cloister ourselves out, off and get this deeply quiet contemplative time. How do we bring that spirit into the chaos of real life of parenting sometimes? Um, so when I wrote To Light Their Way, it was during deep quarantine. We were not going anywhere. The world was shut down. And so I just had to enter into prayer, sitting outside while my kids played on the swing set, you know, writing on my kitchen island, these little, little tiny, you know, back of an envelope, like entering into this rhythm of prayer where it was just kind of all the time because I had to, because I had a deadline, right? Um, but that became this kind of formative spiritual practice 
for me. Um, so I just wrote an, a new book that will be coming out this fall called Every Season Sacred. And I wrote that with four kids home over the summer. And mm-hmm. it just is, you know, but by the grace of God, you yeah. know, um, yeah. and just entering into that spirit all the time. We start praying all the time and, and letting our words be an offering, even if it is, you know, in the middle of, of chaos and maybe not those deep, quiet spiritual moments. But I think out of that um, will hopefully be something that resonates with others. I love that. And I think that's comforting to people too, because I think often we're like, I've got to be in this certain place in this certain mindset. You know what I mean? And like, I really love that prayer can be all the time, whether it's watching the kids on the swing set or, you know, driving down the road, whatever it may be. And I think um, I've been in some very situations and I know Alan has, and you mentioned this too, where you just as talkative as I am, you just don't have the words. And so I think, this is such a gift to people and it is a lot about parenting, but you have other things that you talk about as well. And I think we should explore that a little bit. Like some are, what are some of your favorite liturgies that you've written? I mean, parenting included um, that kind of spring to mind. Yeah. Well, when I think about parenting, I think about like the whole life of my, like my person, right? So every decision that I make, whether it's the neighborhood that my family chooses to live in or the schools that my kids go to or how we, you know, spend our time, how we love our neighbors, all of that is, is connected. So when I think of like parenting, I just think of like, the whole human experience. So um, there's a prayer that I wrote that really came out of a deep grief and lament of um, prayers for gun violence in schools. And it is a prayer that, you know, my editor was like, wow, do you really feel like you want to include this? It's pretty heavy. And I was like, I absolutely want to include it because I haven't seen a prayer like it and I desperately need it. And, you know, I need it time and time again. I need it for when my kids come home and they've done an active shooter drill. I need it when there's a headline that I can't even put words to the, to to the evil and to the atrocity. Um, And that has been a prayer that has deeply, deeply, um, I think resonated with all of us, whether or not we have children. Um, And so there's so much universal in the specific. So while my specific is coming from somebody who is trying to raise four humans for the greater good and to um, honor their belovedness. I I also think that it speaks to just kind of the human experience. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I, I say that to light their way in the shares I pray are like grab and go. So it's like, use what works for you, adjust the wording to what, what is meaningful in your experience, you know? And, um, and I hope that it is whether or not somebody is a caregiver and a parent that there's just kind of this like shared humanity, um, in the prayers. I'm so glad you brought up that one because that is one I, I deeply resonated with and have gone back to many, many, many times, unfortunately, um, right, because it keeps happening. I mean, Alan, you had an experience. Yeah, the I mean, synagogue. Big, talk about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, a big part of my story, I've shared this, involves gun violence in the church and some friends that were murdered. And this was twenty years ago. And there's not a headline that I see when there's gun violence that my body's not activated, right? Because I'm back to being a 19 year old kid who's 
a youth minister and my students are murdered. Right. And so I'm, I'm 43. I got my own kid. I got my own problems now, but I see a shooting anywhere and I'm back in that place. And so I have words I've used your prayer. My kids come home, they're 14 and 12. They've done so many active shooter drills, right? Including one where my kid, um, after church one day, we're at a Mexican restaurant and I'm asking them, you know, how was, how was school this week? And Ford, who at the time was, you know, third grade, maybe. He's a, he's a tall kid. He's always been been really big. And he was saying, oh, we had an active shooter drill. And so I'm like, you know, talk to me about this. What does a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old think about this? Um, it was an open concept school, which means there's no doors and walls. And so they're like, everyone's out in the open. And so Ford, as he described this, like all the kids went into the cabinets. And then Ford said, but I got to stay outside and make sure the cabinet door stayed shut because I didn't fit. Right. And he, yeah, like I'm just here trying to eat tacos after church. And like my kid is telling me he's willing to give up his life for his friends. Like there's not words for that. And so to have prayers um, to go to, I mean, we, every time there's a, a mass shooting, my congregation prays, the Episcopal church has developed a litany in the wake of mass shootings. Mm-hmm. It takes about 20 minutes to get through all the names. Gosh. Um and it used to be 15 minutes, right? And so, you know, that's days of national mourning, right? That, you know, yeah. this country's epidemic of of gun violence is, is kind of a key thing that our kid, your kids, my kids, they're all wrestling with. This is normal yeah. for them. It seems crazy for us. Yeah, it's not how we grew up at all. This is normal. Yeah. Like, you know, I did duck and cover drills, and now that seems kind of ridiculous. Um, but for them, it's not you know, the Russians that are going to bomb us. It's someone's going to walk in my classroom and start shooting. Yeah. So to have those liturgies, Kayla, is just incredibly important for parents. I'm not a parent for just anyone that has a heart and is affected in some way, shape or form. Now you, you mentioned that you um, write a lot of liturgies for when people don't have the words, but I've also noticed you have a lot of joy in your liturgies as well, too. There's, it's, a, it's a very nice mix of that, which I think is how the world works, right? We've been taught, we talked about the Psalms all last semester and they're, they're very up and down. You know, one line is praise you, Lord. And the next one is where the heck are you, Lord? You know, so talk about that part too, of the joys you find. Yeah, I I feel like it's like this like sacred both and, right? Where it's like we need to stay tender and awake to the suffering and be present in the pain and hopefully be activators in creating change for good. And also we need to not be cynical. Like we need to stay soft and find joy and deep delight and beauty. And and I feel like um, in my experience, people that lead me to that are often children because they haven't yet unlearned so Mm. many ways of hardening ourselves. And so I really feel like it's this both and of like, you know, being hard when we need to be and also being soft. And so I feel like it's, it can be such a delight to see that, that God is with us in the ordinary moments are some of the most sacred and beautiful and holy. And we can enter into that. Um, and that's what gives us the energy um, to do hard things and to, and to be present in our communities. And so it really is this kind of like holy give and take. And um, I try to express that, you know, just like the psalmist, just like um, 
yeah, so many beautiful writers. And so I hope to just add, you know, Madeline Lingle says when we're writing, we feed the lake. And I just hope to feed the lake um, with my Oh, partners. I love that. You are. You are feeding the lake. Mm-hmm. And you, this wonderful book that you have that everybody go get it right now um, because it's amazing. But not just that, the gift of the Instagram account, which I know some people are like social media, silly, silly, silly. But I mean, you're giving a gift to people in that, Mm -hmm. you know, they can share it, they can pray it, they can, you know, so, I mean, you're not making, I mean, maybe you are, but you know, like that's, that's a gift you're giving to the world. So I've watched your account and it's like blown up. I mean, people are sharing that stuff like crazy. Talk about how that feels to like know your words are out there and they mean something to somebody you know, and that God's given you that talent. Yeah. I think, you know, it feels very vulnerable because it's like, oh my goodness, this is beats in my heart, you know? Um, And so sometimes I'm like, you know, this might, this might really hit with some people and it might make other people feel uncomfortable, like depending on what we're praying through or whatever it is. And so my hope is just like, this is my offering and do with it what you will. Like this is, this is something that I can give. There's so many things that I wish I could do that. I don't have the power to just like snap my fingers and take away suffering or, or make somebody feel a little less alone. But what I can do is offer my words that that is something that God has given me. And I just want to give it back. Um, so, you know, using social media, it can be so messy, but I feel really like, okay, Something that I have, I've given has, has resonated with somebody and um, that is such a gift and a privilege and something I don't take for granted at all. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I really consider it, um, you know, like a deep vocational work and it sounds silly to say, cause it's just on social media and, you know, it's hard because there's algorithms at play and there's, you know, the whole systems that want to make money off of, you know, right me. And so, um, I'm really trying to also focus on my newsletter because that's something that I know I won't lose, but with social Mm -hmm. media, we never know what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, I love that. So can people, we'll link how to um, sign up for your newsletter and Instagram and all that stuff. I get your newsletter. It's wonderful. Incredible. Um, I share your Instagram stuff all the time. I pray your stuff all the time because, I do think you've given a gift to the world. And I loved what you said that it maybe some things don't resonate. I think we see that like in just normal ministry every day. I have a, um, during the pandemic, um, I had a group that wanted to put together an anti-racism library. And there were some people that were like, you know, and I was like, you know what? There are people that want this. You don't have to read those things. I hope you do, but you don't have to. But I need to give a little bit for everybody. And that's what you're doing. And I think that is a joy and a gift. So thank you. Anything else we need to know about you? No, I don't know. I've loved this conversation. Um, thank you so much. You've been oh, you're welcome and very kind. And yeah, I hope that this new book that's um, coming out, you know, by the time this releases, pre-orders will be. In yeah, I was about to say, how can I get a copy? Um, I yes, <laughs> yeah. So it's every season sacred. Um, and then it's, you know, will be available all, all bookstores, Amazon, you know, um, and, and I hope it's, it is also an offering. There's, there's prayers and liturgies in it, but there's also 
kind of invitations into deeper reflection, going a little deeper. Um, and I hope that it's an offering to lots of people in different seasons of their lives. Yeah. That's awesome. You're amazing. Thank you for listening to God's call and being a minister to the world. We need you and we need your voice and we appreciate that. And listeners, as always, remember that we love you, but most importantly, God does. God does.